They walk around, little bundles of sticks, stab things. Why he wants to spread these things, we're unsure, but he is more powerful than we were willing to confront. Have you considered leaving? Live from the Mundangerous Viney Shaft in New York City, I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host Ishan. And welcome to Actual Play Episode 11 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we're continuing our playthrough of the 5th edition adventure, Sunless Citadel. Eberron is a sorrowful place where the five great nations on the continents of Corvair fought a hundred-year war for the throne of Galifar, and only recently settled for peace after a mysterious magical calamity called the Day of Mourning. Eberron is a wondrous place where magic is studied and industrialized, and living constructs called Warforged rub shoulders with elves, dwarves, and changelings on elementally powered airships and lightning trains. Eberron is a mysterious place where powerful magical tattoos called dragon marks shape the fate of their bearers, and the secrets of ancient empires and evils lie buried just below the surface. Of course, dear listener, you don't need to know any of that to follow the adventures of our hero, Tez Proudgale. He's just a rogue archaeology student unearthing secrets in the hinterlands of southern Breland, close to the borders of the gnome nation Zilargo and the goblin nation Dargoon. Though if you do want to learn more about Eberron, check out Total Party Thrill episode 33 for our full overview of the Eberron campaign setting. Tez Proudgale has freed a goblin tribe from the hobgoblins who were oppressing them, and it was a very touching moment. Also, he's looking for treasure. I can't believe you made me say that, Ishan. Happy Pride. <laughs> you got me this time, you son of a bitch. Some logistics first, Shane. Um, number one, I've been drinking, so everyone just keep that in mind. Cool. And number two... Tez Proudgale levels to three. As you all your sidekicks. Yes. <laughs> your so, many, many sidekicks. To, to varying degrees of efficacy, I guess. So Tez is now a thief because uh, he's gotten his rogue uh, archetype. Erky Timbers, the sidekick, has learned another spell and gained a spell <laughs> slot. Uh, has also traded out a spell. So <laughs> he has taken Healing Word and traded out Bless for Shield of Faith. Uh, you can see where this is going. This is get, We're getting increasingly defensive <laughs> as, uh, as Tez has just learned some lessons. A lot of you spend a lot of time unconscious on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Meepo is doubling down, and he is also uh, learning Healing Word and gaining another spell slot. <laughs> okay. His Healing Word is remarkably less effective, though, on account of he has a minus one to his spellcasting modifier. So he's healing D4 minus one. Well, you know, we're using the sidekick rules from uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Is that what that book is called? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they're an add-on rule set and... Not necessarily balanced, especially not when you uh, pick 
a creature that uh, has a poor spellcasting ability to be a spellcaster. I thematically chose him to be charisma-based on account of him being draconic. That was a bad choice, okay? In your defense, there were no good choices because kobolds have all-around terrible stats. That's Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's fine. He'll never be a PC, but he'll always be the, uh, the, star, the star protagonist of my heart. That's right. He's our PC. And if Tez dies, you know, I'm just going to make you play Meepo. Sure. It's what the people want. You know what? I'll play Erky and go back to town. You just play Meepo through the rest of the dungeon <laughs> just, and save me from recording. Me. <laughs> yeah. It's just me and the voice. Perfect. Uh, also, hey, there's some loot that you get from the goblins. Mm-hmm. Let's run through that quickly and then let's talk about... Um, let's do the goblin aftermath, yeah? Sure. The corpse of Drin, uh, the smoking corpse of Drin, uh, still has two vials of antitoxin. Uh, and Tez realizes that uh, the splint armor that Drin was wearing bears the family crest of the Hucreels. And it used to belong to Talgan, who uh, Tez recently learned uh, was killed by Drin. Uh, so that is one of the adult human children he was tasked to find who unfortunately will not be making it back. That's not great for my bounty, but okay. Also, not your fault. Hey. True. Uh, as proof... Uh, Turin is also wearing uh, Talgan Hugh Creel's gold signet ring, so uh, his mother, Carowin, will probably want that back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few dead hobgoblins who have... Uh, one is wearing a silver earring set with moonstones, and the other is wearing a ma- uh, one other is wearing a matching necklace. Uh, interesting. The two of them perhaps were, were, were close. Mm-hmm. Total together worth about 70 gold pieces. And then inside Drin's chest, which uh, Grenel, the now leader of the Goblin tribe, uh, opens for you, uh, your share of it is 180 gold pieces. She offers you that. Ah, uh, okay. You can see there's there's more gold in there. Sure. No, although you probably got more than half, it looks like to you. So, yeah. So I remember um, <laughs> she mentioned that the gold that the hobgoblins had acquired was actually all of theirs and so when you gave me those totals and i added them to my sheet i was like i better make a note that i might be giving some of that back but good (laughs) to know that we've negotiated fairly actually your real bounty that's the price of a revolution these days i guess 180 gold it's a cheap revolution you can do it yourself for free you are going thief you have some cool new abilities but you've also just killed a bunch of people for the first time this is probably the most bloodshed that you've seen in real life oh absolutely at the same time you've freed a a goblin tribe and you're about to descend down the viney shaft uh into the twilight grove to confront the outcast how is tez feeling about all of this uh overwhelmed and uh still probably a little sick to his stomach uh you pointed out that he had killed a goblin though i think that was more out of necessity last Mm -hmm. time this was sort of heat of the moment and needing to you know kind of a plan had failed in trying to sneak the dragon out this was malice aforethought yeah this was i I, you know walking in looking for a fight and being ready to kill and Mm -hmm. uh not even really negotiating beforehand so this was uh, i think uh, quite the escalation for tess and I, i i think in some ways Tez is almost thankful that the last hobgoblin whose name he doesn't even know threatened children. Mm. That sort of helps ease his conscience, but only a little bit. Interesting. Does he have any positive feelings about this? I think that depends on how this conversation with Grenell goes. Mm. Um, mostly because like, I think 
Tess's interest in the goblins was was largely like almost academic and really like he was kind of interested to find out the experiment of if this group of goblins returns to Dargoon and what will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sort of how he pitched getting involved in the first place, <laughs> right? Was like, there's a whole, there's, you know, the remnant of your whole empire is still here. Like you could go rejoin the people of your culture that you actually share, you know, ancestry with. That's really interesting to him. Simply perpetuating the next cycle of violence between the kobolds and um, goblins is kind of not really so exciting for him. So as the final hobgoblin, the one who threatened children, uh, dies at Tez's own hand, there's a hushed silence and then the assembled uh, goblins, the ones who remain anyway, many of them fled immediately, break out in a, in a, a cheer, which... Tez wasn't necessarily expecting. <laughs> well, and he didn't necessarily hear because he ran over immediately and threw up. <laughs> <laughs> so shortly after, while you're sort of getting your, your bearings again, you know, Meepo is, there, is next to you, um, has casually suggested cannibalism. Tez sort of ignores that. Grenel comes into the circular throne room and there are a few other goblins you recognize, um, the ones that you had initially freed from the kobolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she motions uh, to one of them and they close the door behind them so it's just a handful of goblins and you and your party and corpses Grenel looks at you and starts walking towards you and then walks past you heads to the throne and then sits down in it but she sort of almost like collapses down in it like she's exhausted and this, this sigh <sighs> leaves her body after a moment she looks up at you and says Adventurers, huh? So, are you going to kill everyone now? No, that wasn't the deal at all. The deal? She looks to the other goblins. Hmm, so you're going to stick to the uh, original deal. Why would I not? I've clearly held up my end of the bargain. (laughs) She seems a little surprised. But then she looks at the rest of your party, a battered gnome, a bright-eyed very naive kobold. Yes. <laughs> that, that is an important last adjective. Bright-eyed and foolish-tailed. <laughs> and a, a pile of old bones. <laughs> Which is being hastily gathered back into a bag. Poor, poor Skelebro. Uh, and she says, yes, it does It does seem uh, you're, you're not the usual that we uh, hear tales about. We don't get many visitors. Uh, oh, well, although I suppose <laughs> two weeks ago we did, but uh, I have a feeling, and she sees that you've sort of like carefully packed away um, Talgan's splint armor, that might be connected. Indeed. I was sent here to locate the adult children <laughs> that came down here. I've only gotten myself entertang- entangled in your and the kobolds' ongoing disagreements. Ah, uh, yes, the kobolds. She sort of waves one hand and says, yes, yes, uh, it, it, that used to occupy more of my time. It, it's been less pressing ever since Drin showed up. But I, I will, at least here in private, thank you for taking care of him. So she gets up and walks over to the chest at the foot of the, the throne and sort of like gives it a swift kick. And it pops open. And then this is where you can see like there's a, a fair amount of gold in there, um, some other trinkets. And she basically takes out 180 gold pieces or so, hands it to you and says... This is uh, what 
I judge to be the hobgoblin's share, and it is now yours. The rest uh, we keep for the good of the tribe. Well, I appreciate your uh, candor and fair accounting. So you're in this throne room, and remember the center of the throne room is actually a hole uh, that is coated in vines that uh, descend into the twilight grove. Mm -hmm. She sort of glances over at it and then back to you and says, so are you going down there? That's where the humans went. Uh, Yes, so they came through here and then went down that hole. Is that, that what I'm to understand? Well, she shrugs and says, well, Drin sent them down. The outcast asked for any living humans. Walk me through that whole exchange, please, then. <laughs> Sent them down? Yes, the outcast. If Drin is the one who claimed to be in charge of this tribe, and in fact, the outcast, Belek is his name, uh, is the one who really controls the, the movements, uh, at least since he showed up a little more than a dozen years ago. He, uh, twice a year, he sends us out with a fruit in midsummer, one bright red. In midwinter, one pale as snow. Essentially, he wants us to scatter the seeds. Why? Well, they grow into these things. And she motions over to the pot by the throne room. Except, however, that pot is now empty. Uh, okay. Yes, the t- twig blight. They walk around, little bundles of sticks, stab things, livestock, unassuming party guests, etc. She nods. Goblins sometimes, yes. Indeed. Why he wants to spread these things, we're unsure, but he is more powerful than we were willing to confront. Have you considered leaving? This is our territory. It's quite a fine haul. If I could move the entire tribe all at once without invoking the wrath of the outcast, I would. However, I can't. He seems to notice what's going on. The twig blights report back to him. Everything they see. She's sort of unsure when she says the word see. Interesting. So they're perhaps more dangerous than I initially anticipated. He likely knows that I'm already here. It depends on how far that twig blight has gotten, but it, it is possible. We haven't seen him lash out in in violence. You may be able to speak to him. We, we don't know why he's here or what his ultimate goal is. I assume it's nefarious with a name like the Outcast. Oh, that's his title. Oh, oh, indeed, indeed. Great. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's a bit dramatic. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad that we're of the same mind on that. These twig blights are are causing real harm, and, and if he won't stop, then... Perhaps someone should stop him, though certainly that is not my personal objective. Uh, I I do think, um, you know, just my quick observation that between your relationship to the nearby town and your relationship with the kobolds, I don't know if you know this, but you're remarkably close to the borders of Dargoon, which is a a goblin nation, uh, the the remnant of the Dakani Empire from which... You know, you you once hailed. You know, just in my brief conversation with uh, with some of your associates, uh, confederates, that uh, perhaps that would be of interest to you. Certainly, I, I would be curious to see 
what would happen <laughs> um just from a from an uh, an academic standpoint to learn like what history uh your tribe has passed down uh could could change the way that we see the history of corvair as a as a continent she stares at you for a few long moments as a sort of judging whether you're t- completely full of it um and she says you are uh, a strange one you haven't met many like you. I'm from the university. <laughs> she says, mm, mm, and then she looks over at Erky. Oh, the Korenberg. Is that, is that what they call it? <sighs> Morgrave. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Uh, Morgrave University in in Sharn. Morgrave? They named it after the dead? Uh, I believe it's named after a person. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not really all into school spirit and, you know, the whole, like, seeing your alma mater thing. But, uh, yeah, I believe it's named after a person. I suppose it is not important. I'm sure it is a very good school. And she gives you, like, this pitying look. I, I, you don't understand how thankful I am you didn't <laughs> say something different. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes, I am an academic. That is my primary interest. In fact, I'm only here looking for something to study for my uh, for my degree to finish my to, to to finish my rogue archaeology degree. She waves a hand up at like the ceiling and sort of like the surroundings and says, "Well, I'll be honest with you. We don't have anything to offer you to pursue the outcast, but it, I would be lying if I said it wouldn't be a boon to our tribe to." have him taken care of or dealt with in some manner uh, so that we might leave. Think about where we were just a few years ago. The war was going on. Dargoon didn't seem like much of a place to make a life, but now with the Lesharuk returned, well, if we could, we would set out. And you, as as an academic, well, there is much here that I think could be interesting. As you can see, it is very old, and there are many things in the lower levels, it is said. Magical things and and items of lore. I believe that's why the outcast set up his uh, lair down there to begin with. Do you know what the original purpose of this place was? So she sits back down in, in the throne, sort of thinks for a moment, and says, It has been a long time, and I am no academic. We We have not done particular studies of of this place, but from what we can tell, it was the base of a cult to the demon dragon Ashardalon. Demon dragon? Now her eyes sort of light up. Ah, interesting. You do not know this tale. Ashardalon was a red dragon of great power, but also great age. And though dragons live a very long time, they are not immortal. He was searching for a way, so it is said, to extend his life. He dabbled in unholy bargains. The rumor, the legend, is that eventually he cut out his own heart and replaced it with a Baylor. Interesting. Now she sort of like shrugs and laughs a bit and says, This, of course is a fairy tale a, a, a demon as a dragon's heart it makes no sense i i mean yes of course uh, it's likely allegorical or something but i did run across a fiend upstairs that had been bound to this place 
for centuries. With that, she raises an eyebrow. Perhaps there is more to the legends than simple hearsay. I will say, I believe that the elves who worshipped him as part of this cult were conducting some kind of research. I do not know if he was here when he already had the Baylor as a heart, or if it was his discoveries made here that enabled that. Indeed. Okay. That that makes sense. We've also obviously, and I point to the pile of bones that I've been scooping into a bag, uh, we've obviously run across the remnants of some of those elves, so we're aware of them. Ah, hmm, well, I haven't seen the inside of an elf in many years. Well, in uh, about a week, I might be able to show you what they look like, all animated again. Well, in a week, let's hope you're still alive. That is what I say every single day. You're welcome to rest here for as long as you need to. Uh, We will repair uh, any gear that has been damaged. But, and she again looks at the empty pot, I suspect that the sooner you move, the better it will be. Uh, Let me ask you just a quick point of order. Uh, Mm -hmm. Given that we leveled up, does Ah, that refresh all of our abilities and and (laughs) health? Let's say when you leveled up, you basically got the benefits of a long rest. All right. In terms of the story, uh, the goblins are basically tending to your wounds. Um, the you know Grenell is a, a spellcaster. They have a few other like um, goblins trained in, in medicine. They'll bandage your wounds and, and put you back together. Certainly appreciate that, Grenell. Uh, your <laughs> hospitality is uh, appreciated and and necessary, you might say. Well, the one thing that you can do for us is, if the outcast does end up killing you and he's he's torturing you for information, just don't let him know we helped. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll be sure that he thinks that you tricked us into going down there, and fed us two more, uh, or fed him two more, uh, well, humanoids, I, I guess. Uh, why does he want humans? Did, does, does he mention this, by the way? He did not, and well, we didn't ask, perhaps because we didn't want to know. Sure. Did he did he ask for any number of humans, or was it just he knew that those humans were here, the uh, the adult children? He just said all of the living ones. Uh, there were three, and then after Jin was done, there were two. Got it. Uh, and then she reaches uh, into her robe and pulls out two scrolls and says, this is all I have. I don't know if it will be of any help, but perhaps. Uh, and she gives you a scroll of fairy fire and expeditious retreat. <laughs> oh, those are both <laughs> level one, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that might uh, might prove handy. <laughs> Especially pre-casting expeditious retreat. <laughs> Grendel, I really appreciate this. Uh, I, Well, I don't want to say I won't let you down, but, um, you know, I'm rooting for me, so maybe you could too. She nods and says... For all our sakes, I hope you're successful. Oh, actually, one more question for you. So Drin had these two vials of antitoxin? Any reason why he'd be worried about poison that you know of? Uh, She looks over at the chest, um, and you can see when she kicked it open, it actually triggered a little trap. There's a little um, poison needle trap Mm. uh, that would have stabbed someone who was using their fingers like a normal person to open a chest. Ah. She says, as for the outcast himself, I, I do not know if Drin knew something. Is he alone down there? I heard he had a companion. She raises a, an eyebrow and says, a companion. There are some 
hobgoblins down there. Members of Drin's retinue. Oh, but, uh, and I think this is, I think I know this. He had like a toad or something? Ah, yes, uh, a, a frog. A very large frog. Large enough to eat an entire goblin. And he controls it, or it controls him? They ride along together? What's the what's the story there? I'm unsure if it is a familiar, but it does seem to do his bidding. Okay. Big enough to eat a goblin, you say? How about a half-elf? Mm, perhaps if it folded you in half? I'll try to avoid that then. Okay. I would suggest that. But remember, if it happens, don't break. We didn't help you. Even even if he's he's ripping out your your fingernails. We didn't we didn't help or or breaking your knees and then healing them and breaking them again. Infecting you with terrible diseases. Okay. Well, thanks for the pep talk. I think you'll be fine. Tez vomits again. <laughs> she looks over at Meepo. You though, mm, stay behind your friend. Meepo's ears. <laughs> Meepo shrugs as the camera pans. <laughs> Meepo always does. So the way down to the grove is down these vines, is that right? Indeed. And you can see that they're sort of like the twisted roots, um, mm-hmm. but they're solid enough and they're not like smooth. They're rough and, and covered in bark. They actually are really easy to climb, about as easy as a knotted rope. No checks necessary as long as you move half speed, although Tez can move full speed. Indeed. And it is about 80 feet down to the ground below. Right. Uh, turn to Erky, turn to Meepo, and well, shall we? If Tez is going, Meepo will go. We will find the outcast and his frog and eat eat his frog. And he sort of looks at you like, it's okay to eat frogs, right? We eat frogs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay, he seems a little happy. It sort of shimmies a little bit. Erky, um, you've been noticing this change over Erky, right? Like, ever since you've been successful in battle. He took mm-hmm. a really bad hit from Grenel, but he <laughs> doesn't actually seem to be holding a grudge of any kind uh-huh. about that, especially now that he's all patched up. Um, he Erky seems kind of eager. Okay, well, nothing like uh, actual combat to get the eagerness for actual combat out. Uh, okay. <laughs> nothing like 5th edition to fix that. <laughs> um, give me an insight check. Uh, 8 plus 2, 10. Erky was listening quite intently when Grenel was talking about the lore of the place, especially about Ashardalon. The sidekicks have also leveled up to 3, just so everyone knows. A couple of things that we corrected. Meepo and Erky have a few more hit points. They have more hit points that they did than they did previously because we were shortchanging them just a weensy bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Erky also gets two more skills that he should have had. Although Bless shouldn't affect skills, so it all comes out in the wash. But what, uh-huh. uh, what additional skills did you give Erky? Uh, so Erky is now trained in history, insight, and then he was previously trained in medicine and religion. So okay, uh, I yeah, I like the idea that Erky is. Uh, I was kind of picking up on that too. So I like the idea that he's also sort of like historically minded. All right, yes, he definitely seems in- interested in this. Uh, all right, so all of you can head down the vines. Well, before we do that, Meepo, you know what we have to do, and we dab on our haters' graves. <laughs> Jin's <laughs> corpse is still here, so I dab on it. There we go. That's canon. Hey, That's canon, deserves- baby. <laughs> he deserves it. And Erky finger guns. Hey, yeah, I perfect. Love it. 
Alright, yeah, I'll, uh, we'll grab a hold and start climbing down. Luminescent fungus, shedding violet light, clings to the walls and ceiling of this wide cavern. The air is damp, chilly, and redolent with the odors of loam and decay. A layer of earth mixed with rotting vegetation and the remains of cave animals covers the floor. Several varieties of mushrooms and fungi grow on the detritus, as well as a few saplings. So you alight onto the loamy ground. Mm -hmm. Give me a perception check. I'm super good at this. And I rolled a nine, so I'm super 13. You hear the familiar skittering of rodents. Mm. All right, boys, be careful. There's rodents of unusual size around again. Certainly sounds like that might be it. You come down into a large cut stone chamber. Uh, it looks like it used to be square, um, but some of the walls are, are falling down from decay because it's it's been so long. And you can see in the on the ground and even like from the ceiling, there are dark twisted roots growing that are also sort of destroying the stone. To the left is what looks like an area exposed by a cave-in, uh, and the same to the right. Uh, okay. Um, we all have dark vision. Are we able to tell where the sound of those rats were coming from? Uh, that would be the left. Okay. I don't really have any way of, like, <laughs> dealing with... I mean, how, how close do they sound? You would guess they're basically inside whatever room or area is um, just at the beginning of that caved-in area. Okay. Um, I have torches. I'm going to light a torch and just toss it through the... like, toss it into the doorway. You light a torch with actual fire and then throw it into that caved-in area. Mm-hmm. Roll initiative. Well, I was just hoping to scare them away. Okay, so Erky is a 18 plus 0, so 18. Tez is an 8 plus 3 is 11. <laughs> Meepo is an 18 plus 2 is 20. Jesus. I'm using the same dice as last time. <laughs> no reason to switch it up, obviously. Great, and your dex is a 16, right? Uh, Sure. Yes, 16. <laughs> so you toss the torch over. You hear even louder squeaking, and then, ooh, 22 AC on Tez. What? Okay. <laughs> Out from that caved-in area comes, with surprising speed, from a direction you weren't even looking in, a javelin. Oh, okay. 12 piercing damage. As it lodges itself in inside. Okay. And then... Oof, Jesus. 22 AC on Erky. Uh, that'll hit. 16 damage. Is that another javelin? 16 piercing, another javelin, yes. Uh, can we see where they came from? Yes, they came from the cave area, and then you hear two howls in chorus. And then from the darkness, spring uh, running... Uh, now pulling out morning stars, two furry, seven-foot-tall goblins, bugbears. 
Okay. That was them. Now it is Erky. Oh, no, sorry. Now it's Meepo. Meepo. Then Erky. Hmm. Okay. They're coming towards us, but they're not, like, engaged with us yet? Right. Exactly. Okay. Uh, well, but they definitely will be next round. So Meepo's options here are basically Headknocker or Sleep Spell, and I feel like this might be a good time for Sleep Spell. Mm. Uh, he only needs a decent roll, and I think he can knock one of them out. Okay. Uh, um, so he's oh, actually, hold on. I'm going to... Uh, he's going to ready his Sleep Spell for mm. after Erky gets mm -hmm. a chance to go. Smart. Okay. And he's going to target both of the bugbears. Uh, correct. Okay. Great. Uh, and then Erky. Uh, Erky will do what Erky does, which is say a prayer to Onatar mm -hmm. and alight them with Sacred Flame. Perfect. So uh, this is so a deck save. One of them will need a deck save. Yeah. Seven. Okay. That is a failure. It's a good start. Uh, five radiant damage. Ooh, okay. It's fur singes a bit, and but it doesn't slow at all. It's booking it right at ya. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Meepo's spell goes off. So roll your 5d8. Okay, not terrible rolls. 6, 4, 3. Actually, not great rolls. So 13. <laughs> Gonna need to improve here on the back half. Okay. Well, 6 and 5. So 13, 24? 24, 24 HP. Hey, this was a good combo. So the bugbear that was damaged trips over its own feet as it falls asleep in mid-stride and then skids as its face sort of uh, pushes in into the dirt. Its companion, though, just keeps uh, running at you. But that is one bugbear unconscious. And then you see the reason for the squeaking. Two giant rats come from the same caved-in area mm -hmm. and both of them just run in at top speed and engage with uh you and then who else would be in the front erky or meepo uh erky okay so one engage with you one engage with um erky i mean that's fair uh and we're kind of next to each other right um you can be you can be directly next to each other or you can be a little apart yeah i think that's how we prefer to do it Shoulder to shoulder. Well, mm -hmm. shoulder to hip. Uh, shoulder to sneak attack proc. <laughs> um, and then I'll just give this one to you. You can see from the other direction now are uh, shambling two skeletons. Oh, my goodness. In your direction. Seems like they might have been ready for you. Why, um, pray tell, does everything want to eat us and not the other things in this room? It's uh, zombie movie magic. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Fun. And that brings us back to top of the round. One bugbear is asleep. Uh, well, Tez hasn't actually gone yet. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Tez on 11. Okay. Tez. Tez is at least going to get his sneak attack now that he has an ally engaged with these... Uh, with the rats. Stupid rats. So he's going to try and make quick work of that with his rapier. Uh... 18 plus something, so 20 something. That definitely hits. You know how to kill rats. I will get my sneak attack. Uh, oh, I gained a sneak attack die because mm. I'm level mm -hmm. 3, uh, which I think it gives me 3d6? 3d6? 2d6, yeah. You love to see that. Uh, you don't love to see the ones, though. Ooh, ones, plural. That's Yeah, it's only 8 damage. 8 will do it, though. 
and you you slash through a rat. You know exactly how to do this. Your your rapier is basically a rat killer. That's true. It's it's made for poking rats to death. Uh, let's test the theory on my dagger now, because there's another rat next to us, and I still have a bonus action. Uh, actually, hang on. There is something that I can do. Uh, I think with a cutting action, right? That's like, oh no, disengage. That's not going to help me. Mm. Or hide. Or hide. But you're not. No, in a position for I that. can't. I can't do the defensive thing. Uh, I'm. I'm just going to attack it. Okay. We're here now. We're stuck in. We're frontline rogue. Ugh, man, another 18. I think this die might be weighted um, in my favor. <laughs> uh, so that's an 18 plus 5. Success. So it's just going to be a d4 damage. All right, let's and... see if we can take out this rat. I highly doubt it. Three? Altogether? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just a straight d4. Okay. Yes, that does not kill the rat, but it does harm the rat. That's all I was looking for is just maximum harm. You made it grumpy. That's what I'm here for. All right, now, one bugbear is asleep, but the other bugbear closes. Wow, all right, another 22. Well. We're just all rolling really well. Probably done here. We will see. Uh, well, yeah, probably. Actually, I rolled pretty poorly. 10 uh, bludgeoning damage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That'll be done. Tez is down. Yep. Tez is down, even with his new hit points. Yes. <laughs> 22 damage in two two hits is, is a lot. Pretty much it for a level three character. Uh, and the bugbear again roars. The bugbear seems extremely angry that Tez killed that rat. Is the bugbear now next to Erky? Is that right? Yes, because the two of you were adjacent. So yes. So Erky is adjacent to a bugbear and a rat. And a rat. Mm-hmm. Um, a damaged rat. A damaged rat. Yeah, okay. So I think this is Meepo, noted rat killer Meepo, mm-hmm. is going to use his head knocker and target the rat. Okay. So I think getting rid of that will uh, will help us overall. And he's got advantage from pack tactics, and that is uh, 11 plus 4 is 15. Success. And that will be 4. Five more damage. Ooh, that kills it. Okay. So he's cleared one threat. And now... Both rats are gone. He's still got a bonus action available, and as we talked about, Mm Ishan, he has learned Healing Word. (laughs) (laughs) Which he will be using now to get his good friend Tez back up to his feet. (laughs) So this is the most important D4 of Tez's short life. Cool, 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 cool. It's a three minus one. That's two hit points for Tez. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Meepo's extraordinarily happy. Um, who Who does Meepo call out to? Or, like, it doesn't need to be a god, right? He's he's a charisma spellcaster. I think this is, like, some power of friendship bard <laughs> type stuff, right? And, I, I mean, obviously this is just his draconic bloodline finally coming to fruition, right? I mean, obviously this is not something that he has learned or developed or anything. But, you know, I think it is. This is... This is you know, a stressful situation for Meepo has manifested this power in his blood, and now he has learned the ability to do this. Or learned he had the ability to do this, I guess. So he Care Bear stares you? He just kind of like, uh, in almost like a panicked point of like, oh no, what happened? Meepo sees it happen, and after gaining a little confidence from your previous battles, it's a bit shaken to see Tez taken down so quickly by these new enemies, and he's sort of, you know blurts out, no! Meepo's friends must not die! 
and Tez regains a bit of his vigor, and, and Meepo, in the middle of battle, so just seems to forget himself, and he gives a, just a little, little caper. A little, a little, a little dragon roar, a little, a little roar. Sure, yeah. Why not? It's got, it's got verbal components. All right, good job, Meepo. Erky's up. Uh, okay, so Erky is now solely engaged with this bugbear, but there are these two skeletons nearby. Mm-hmm. And next round, they will be engaged. Well, here's the thing about that. Erky will present his holy symbol. Ooh, all right. <laughs> and speak a prayer uh, to Onatar, censuring the undead. They must make a wisdom saving throw. Two wisdom saves. That was a 12. That will ugh, pass. And a nine. That will fail. 50-50. Yeah, the one who failed uh, can't willingly move to a space within 30 feet of him. It can't take reactions. He can only use the dash action to try and escape from an effect that prevents it from moving. If there's nowhere to move, it will use the dodge action. It tries to move it. Sorry, it spent its turn trying to move as far away from Erky as it can. So on its turn, it's just going to turn right back around where it came from. Right. I mean, he could do something else with his bonus action, but I don't think I want to use uh, any of those. Yeah, because it's just the skeleton to go next, right? Right. Cool. Yeah, so I'll let that happen. All right, so one skeleton does just sort of immediately turn and begin shambling away again at the exact same speed. The other one comes closer, though, and pulls out very rusted scimitar and attacks Erky. But it only gets a... Well, 12 AC. What's he wearing? He's wearing studded leather. Which is, so gives him a 12? 12. Oof. Mm-hmm. All right. This uh, skeleton is the king of rolling 12s. Seriously. Uh, oh, but only four piercing damage. All right. That's a number we can live with. Literally. <laughs> he can live with four more damage. Uh, and then it just sort of drops its arms and seems to be waiting until it can attack again. But... Uh, does does not seem to be particularly uh, adept at defending itself. Okay. And now Tez with his two hit points. He's got two hit points and a heart full of malice for these bugbears. He's going to rub those two hit points together and see what happens. Exactly. This is going to just be an all-out attack, rapier and dagger. Uh, see what sticks. I rolled two 17s, so they both hit on <laughs> 22s. <laughs> That'll hit a bugbear. Wow. (laughs) And then I rolled four dice of various sizes he should, but they're all fours. (laughs) Um, So a total of 19 damage, because it's uh, also a flat plus three. That's a good number. This this is the rapier? Rapier and dagger, yeah. Yeah, you pincushion it in the side and the shoulder twice, but the bugbear at the last second is able to dodge out of the way of a killing blow. It's quite injured, but it seems to be just even angrier. You can stand down. When we kill the outcast, we won't kill you. It sort of smiles at this and says, Kill the outcast, I don't care. I'm just excited to see fresh meat. Lazy bugbear. <laughs> It's the bugbear's turn. I don't like this. And it smiles, a wicked smile. Well, <laughs> oh, that is only an 8 AC. That will not hit anybody in this party, believe it or not. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so the bugbear's massive morning star goes wild as Tez nimbly spins out of the way. 
because he's good with quips. He's good with quips. He's very good with quips. He doesn't get a chance to use them because he keeps getting knocked out of fights. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the bug, the bugbear uh, does seem to be readying for uh, another attack as soon as they're able. But that's it, and the other one is still asleep. Which means it's Meepo's turn, followed by Erky on deck. Meepo knows a thing or two about head knockers, and this is a bugbear that's looking for a head knocking. Mm-hmm. And he's got pack tactics, so he's got advantage. Uh, not so much of a roll this time, though. Uh, 11 is the high number, so 15. Ooh, that's just gonna miss that's truly unfortunate so the bugbear gets the morning star up for a swing and is able to deflect the sling bullet i think this is a good time for meepo to sort of reposition himself so that he's <laughs> further away from the skeleton and or bugbear <laughs> okay so he goes i think actually probably towards the sleeping bugbear is probably where he would be that's probably the most threatening spot he can get into Hmm. All right. Uh, Meepo repositions. Erky's up. I mean, he all he can really do here is Sacred Flame. The, um, I guess the bugbear? That's a seven. That's a failure. Oh, perfect. Okay, that works. Uh, four damage. Fur is smoking, but the bugbear is still up. You can see it's missing, it's missing patches of fur now that have just been burnt off. Ah, good. Barbecue bugbear. <laughs> it is very angry. That's Erky Skeleton. Not Skelebro. Not Skelebro. Do you feel differently about skeletons now? No. No? No, in no way? I feel differently about one skeleton, the only skeleton that doesn't try to kill me. <laughs> so far. All right, that is a 17 to hit Erky. That will hit Erky. And that is... Oh, wow. Okay, fine. Three piercing damage. Erky survives. <laughs> Erky friggin' tanks it. Erky is, I mean, a, a man of faith, uh, a gnome of faith, a little, a tiny man of faith, but he is apparently immune to the undead. He just does not care about them. He's apparently some sort of tank because he has a boatload of hit points. He does have the most hit points. He's very sturdy. <laughs> All right, Tez's turn. Yeah, and and I think I think Tez notices, right? Like, Erky, Erky can take a beating. Usually Erky's taking a beating while Tez is <laughs> worried about his own sucking chest wounds. So um, this is the first time I think Tez has actually recognized that Erky is quite the accomplished, uh, you know, pugilist. <laughs> uh, well, with his two hit points still clinging tenaciously to consciousness, Tez is up. I, I mean, he's he's quipping, right? Like we just set the uh, mm -hmm. just set the, the bugbear alight and he just called us fresh meat. And you know what? Something smells like bugbear barbecue. And the rapier is going to make a kebab out of him, I think. I hope. <laughs> 12 plus 5 is 17. That hits. Uh, I'm just going to throw my sneak attack into this because honestly don't know if I'll... <laughs> if I don't kill him, I don't know what else to do. Uh, 12 plus 4 plus 3 is 19 damage. How do you kill or not kill the bugbear? Thematically, what with the bugbear barbecue, I think it's obviously the, he gets shish kebobbed. <laughs> but I think practically speaking, I'm going to, I'm 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 going to I think kind of like stab him through the leg, right to the point where he 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 can't really get up, um, you know. So he's just stuck kind of kneeling, I think, and is is no longer a threat to us because I really don't want to kill him if I don't have to. 
but that skeleton, that skeleton could get it. <laughs> so with the bugbear dispatched, I would like to uh, to use my dagger against that skeleton, please. Uh, that's a 19 inch plus change. That's definitely going to hit the skeleton. And a full four damage to the skeleton. It is still up, but you do break some bones. So that's the end of round three. And speaking of sh- shish kebab and bugbear barbecue, the sleeping bugbear close to Meepo uh, suddenly falls into the ground. What? The ground beneath it suddenly gives way, almost like an antlion uh, pit. Mm-hmm. And then there is a gout of flame, and you can smell burnt hair and flesh. Well, that's not good. And then you hear a hissing sound, like a very large snake. What is going on down here? (laughs) What? Where did that come from? Perception? Anybody? Anybody see where that came from? How close was Meepo to the body, to the the sleeping bugbear? I don't think, I mean, I don't think he was like standing next to it or anything. Mm -hmm. I think he's, he's probably... Uh, what's, uh, sorry, so the range of his sling is... 30. 30 feet, so I, th- I would think he's probably 30 feet. If there's room, he's probably 30 feet from both bugbears. Meepo can see, like, what looks like a, a sort of an undulating, long body of a creature that seems to be giving off a lot of heat. It's so much that it's like, distorting the air with waves of heat. And, and it's directly underneath this bugbear? Yeah, well, the bugbear's now gone. It being, it it basically look it looks like it was basically under the ground and then burrowed up, pulled the bugbear in. The bugbear's gone. You don't know if it's eaten or just burnt. And now there's a pit with a fiery creature in it. Okay. But it doesn't do anything else. It doesn't leave the pit. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> boys, this might be time to climb right back up <laughs> and tactically reassess our situation here. Can we get rid of the skeleton and get out of here? <laughs> well, you have got a couple options right now. Bugbears are up, but one bugbear is literally toast, and the other bugbear is unconscious on the ground. It's Meepo, Erky, and then the skeleton. So Erky is the only one who would take a potential attack of opportunity if moving away from the skeleton, but everyone else could retreat right back up. But I think that skeleton's been hit a couple times, right? Um, just the once. Just the once. It's mostly been ignored. Yeah, okay. So let's start with um, Meepo is going to hit the sling and then try to climb up the the vines. Okay. So I think he'll, he'll hit the skeleton with the sling. <laughs> 17 plus 4 is a 21. That'll do it. For D4 plus two, that landed on top of another die. Uh, three plus two, five more damage. Which is ten more damage because it is... Bludgeoning, yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which absolutely takes out the skeleton. Okay, cool. That's just another... I mean, just a casual Meepo head knocker. Not even really a need to watch the sling go. He's like Michael Jordan shooting a game winner. He <laughs> just walks away. It's and a, Makes a mental note to add another notch. Right, exactly, and is uh, is scrambling up the vines, <laughs> up the uh, up the hole. All right, so he's able to get fifteen feet up because he can move half speed. Perfect. Um, and I think uh, Erky will. I think just try to get a good look at whatever it is that's inside that pit and mm-hmm. and figure out maybe what it is, and then also book it straight up. Okay, skeleton's gone, so you'll also be able to take your turn before whatever it is goes. Okay. 
between the two of us, can we figure it out? Two of you are trained in Arcana and two of you are trained in History, right? Correct. Okay, yeah, you can figure it out, um, especially because now it it moves out of the, the pit and you can see it looks like um, a, a snake, uh, except it is red and it, its body looks like it's on fire. And guess what? It's a fire snake. Okay. But instead <laughs> of going after any of you, it makes its way toward the other bugbear. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was a whole plan. I was going to try and talk to the bugbear and, mm. you know, maybe, you know, promise to take him to Dargoon or something. <laughs> but I guess he's just bugbear flambe. Certainly seems that way. So what you know about fire snakes is um, they're they're not particularly nice, uh, but they also don't typically attack unprovoked. Are they uh, intelligent, or are they actually like animals? Uh, they do have a bestial intelligence, uh, but they don't. They they can't uh, communicate with words. There was a moment where Meepo almost manifested an innate draconic ability to speak with animals, <laughs> <laughs> but instead he, he learned to heal, and that's a choice that we'll live with for the rest of our lives. So if you if you would have to guess. This fire snake is probably going to spend a while eating this bugbear. It is just a snake, right? Like, we could potentially just kind of hit it from range, I think, right? Like, are we, we're a distance, uh, you know, some 30 feet above it in, in like, kind of clinging to these vines. Could, could we just make attacks? Yes. The thing you don't know is, can it climb? That's true. And if you, would, if you attack it, it... it once provoked, it will definitely get angry. Right, so right. it's your call. I mean, the alternative is what? I wait for it to eat. I, I, we're talking, I guess the, the, we're letting it eat as we kind of discuss this of like what to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does seem like if we can kill it, that's safer for us. Obviously, we had no idea it was there and don't know where it comes from. It wouldn't be behind you if you kill it. Right. And it's not like I'm really up for sacrificing a living thing as, you know, food for it every time we try to come through. Yeah, I think we're going to just try and kill it from range. Um, this is, it's too dangerous. It's clearly too dangerous for us to, to, to leave here. Um, so I think we'll try to kill it from range. So Meepo with the head knocker, uh, Erky with sacred flame. And um, I have noted, and I, you know, I knew it would come in handy that Tez has five daggers in his inventory. <laughs> and can I make an argument for the fact that he could hide up here because the snake is too busy eating to know where this dagger's coming from? I mean, you can definitely go to like the other side of a big vine, certainly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, all right. So, how high up are you guys going to be? All of our stuff has 30 foot range, so okay. <laughs> 30 feet. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. So all of you are going to get uh, an attack, and then we'll see what happens with the fire snake. Okay. Do we have advantage on any of these What with him being you, distracted? You will be hidden, so you will have advantage. Um, the others will not. Okay. And you need to make a dex save, right? Yeah, it's a dex save for Erky anyway. 17. That, okay. Well, he's very dexterous, it would appear. Meepo will swing his sling around. Sling his sling, if you will, for a 17. That'll hit. Four plus two is six damage, bludgeoning. It all adds up. And then you with advantage and sneak attack. Okay. Uh, It's not a crit, which is what I was truly hoping for, but it is an 18 versus AC. 
That hits. And I'll get full sneak attack, so that's 2d6 damage. Uh, 9 plus 4, 13 plus 3, 16. 16 damage. Oh my god. That does it on the nose. Yes! <laughs> Man, it was going to climb up after you. I everything. knew. I, yeah, when you asked how high we were, I knew it was coming after us. <laughs> the fire snake is dead. Congratulations. On the... What's left of the bugbears, you find one potion of healing on each of them. Love that. I'm so glad I didn't get a chance to eat those before <laughs> we did. <laughs> uh, and then in the pit that the fire snake came out of, you see um, a sapphire worth about 50 gold pieces. Ooh. Uh, I will um, do what we do with those and just add the 50 gold pieces. Do you need to patch your wounds up or do you head deeper in? <laughs> uh yeah we'll be patching please <laughs> uh so i think at this point you probably climb back up the vines short rest in the goblin throne room and then continue right i am not convinced we shouldn't long rest Isha. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely do that you know if they didn't if they knew we were coming anyway <laughs> it's like what's another day you know you let don't them... see a twig blight here so you right. know cats out of the bag Exactly. Uh, uh, here is what I will do, though, is um, I'm going to take all of the bodies that were not eaten by the fire snake, mm -hmm. and I will take this the fire snake corpse up with us. So I want to set a scene here, which is basically that the bugbears were careless and this fire snake uh, got the jump on them. Interesting. Give me... Hmm deception or survival i think either of those you could set a scene erky help me out here <laughs> uh 20 plus one plus my skill is five 26 literally could not set the scene to convey this any better it looks extremely convincing to you terrible lovers quarrel no but but <laughs> yes it looks like they delved too deeply and too greedily certainly uh, which means I think that I will be leaving all the bugbears like other random sundry gear here, um, you know, to, to make it so they're armed and armored and everything like mm -hmm. all of that stuff is, is staying right where it is. All right. Perfect. And then you retreat to the goblin throne room. Grenel is not all that surprised to see you, but true to her word, lets you rest there for the night. And also, I hope she sets some sentries. <laughs> <laughs> and ideally somebody who could take a take a look and see if anybody investigates the scene. All right, they will set guards. And we'll find out what happens next, <laughs> next week. Let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Carne. That's Malice Minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.totalpartythrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Total Party Thrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. And before we wrap up, we want to take a moment and thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all our rewards at patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. So what do we have planned for next week's episode? We continue this playthrough of Sunless Citadel and get very close to the end. Well, that's it for actual play episode 11 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.